This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Talk a little bit about Sam Gedalia, and then we'll try to we'll talk a little bit about Inyone pertaining to Aseris and Mechuva. Sam Gedalia is a very tricky fast day because there's very little given to us date-wise to when exactly it happened. We know what happened. Happens to be a very important story. Same Gedalia, the, the death of Gedalia ben Achikam. People don't understand that this was a, what we'd call a Jew on Jew crime. Gedalia ben Achikam was murdered by a fellow named Yishmael who was another Yid. Not a guy. Was not a you know, and it wasn't an anti-Semitic crime. It was a Jew on Jew crime. Another Yid who was jealous of Gedalia's power that he had in Eretz Yisrael. To understand the backdrop of the story, we have to understand what we're talking about. If you look in the Novi, in Yirmiyah Novi, Perak Memalaf, it's laid out a little bit more clear, the story. But basically, the story takes place that, Yirmi, that right after Churban Bayis, the although Bovel controlled Eretz Yisrael, they allowed Gedalia, Gedalia was appointed by the Babylonians to be in charge of those that are still left in Eretz Yisrael. They left a small group of Jews left in Eretz Yisrael to take care of the land. Uh, the, the Babylonians weren't familiar with the Israeli the land and the uh, agriculture. So they left Jews to take care of the land and grow the land and pay taxes back to Bavel. So Gedaliah ben Achikam was in charge of this uh, group of Jews that were left in, in Eretz Yisrael. And this Yishmael wanted the, uh, was insulted, he was hurt that he didn't have that job. He didn't have that position. So he staged a plot and he ultimately killed, not only did he kill Gedaliah, he killed Gedaliah and a couple of his people also. Now, what's interesting about this story the Marsha points this out in Meseches Nida on the Gemara over there, Meseches Nida. There's a line that the Gemara says, it's really a Pasuk and Avi, that Gedaliah is somewhat to be blamed for his own death, or for the death of those that also died in, in this, uh, in this uh, attempt. And the question is, what did Gedaliah do wrong? So the Marsha learns a very important lesson. The Marsha learns, because if you look in the Psukim, they originally had a report given to one of Gedaliah's uh, people that Yishmael was, was bad news. Be aware of Yishmael. And Gedaliah's attitude was, no, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to believe it, Lashon Hara, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything. And the Marshal learns that wasn't from Kite. That was a mistake. Because if you should have taken that information and processed it properly, go through the chains of command, see if there's anything there. If there, you know, when there's smoke, some, you know, sometimes there's fire. He should have looked into it more. Instead of just saying, no, 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 can't be, can't be, can't be. And ultimately, it led to his, his killing and those around him. So the Marshal writes already that this is a mistake. A person has to take, when he hears information about something that could be relevant to his life, he has to process the information, go through the channels, check it out, do bedika. Doesn't mean you have to accept everything that you hear. You know, we're not pushing for the Me Too movement over here that everything that someone has to claim on you, automatically you're guilty. You gotta research it, look into it. This used to be a bigger problem in Kalayas, so we talk about this every year. 30, 40, 50 years ago in Kalayas, well, they didn't want to believe that any of the problems in the outside world crept into the uh, Orthodox community. Whenever one of these issues would come up, whether it be drugs and alcohol, abuse, they say, no, it can't happen in the front community. It doesn't happen with us. No, no, it doesn't happen. And that was the wrong attitude because unfortunately it does happen in our community. Now, Baruch Hashem, we're more equipped, we're more adequately able to deal with them. We have programs and organizations and mental health professionals, but for many, many years, the answer was it can't happen here. Those, doesn't, those things don't happen here. Nishba'uns, nishba'uns. Doesn't happen with us. We don't have the problems that the Goyim have. Unfortunately, we do have the problems that the Goyim have. We hide it better, perhaps. We don't have as much of it. But this is really the same ideas of what Gedaliah was saying. Gedaliah was saying, no, it can't be. 
Ken is saying that Yishmael was trying to kill him. And unfortunately, Yishmael did kill him. And Gedai ben Achikam was murdered. Now, the Gemara makes a very strong comment in Mesechus Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara says, because if you think about it, the Gemara is really bothered with a kasha. Of all the fast days that the Novi puts together, we have Asar B'tei, Vishivas V'tamuz, Tishvav, and Saim G'dayu. Which one seems not to fit? Saim G'dayu seems not to fit. What is Saim G'dayu? Saim G'dayu, G'dayu was killed? Okay. If we had a fast for every single day, a, a, a Godel was killed, we'd all, look in, we'd all be in a lot better shape than we are. We'd all be fasting most of the year. So what was so special about Kedai? So the Gemara makes a very difficult statement. The Gemara says, It's equal, it's equivalent, when a tzaddik dies to the burning of the Yitzvah. So am I right? Doesn't Yushalmi say it's Yoyser? I think Yushalmi says that, The Bavli says it's Shkul, it's equal. I think Yushalmi says it's even more than Tzvah's base Elkeinu. So when a tzaddik dies, it's not just you know, a sad thing, it's the equivalent of the base of just being destroyed. But the Rambam writes more than that. The Rambam writes that when Gedaliah died, this was, this was the end of, of the Jewish life in Eretz Yisrael. Even though this is already post the Chorban, I think, someone, I think I saw somewhere, this is already 52 years after the Chorban. The Chorban was over. But already Jews were still living in Eretz Yisrael because Gedaliah was holding them together. Once Gedaliah was killed, that, that was the end of the Jewish life in Eretz Yisrael. So it sounds like from the Rambam, what's part of Misa Sadiqim is not just um, that Gedaliah was another Gadol who died. It was that Gedaliah's death was Mamish the end, the Gemar of the Jewish life in Eretz Yisrael until Bayesheni. And unfortunately, we know that in Bayesheni, the Jewish people didn't, didn't really come back. The, Jewish, uh, the Jews did not return in any significant numbers during Bayesheni. So Gedaliah ben Achikam's Misa, his, his murder goes down in, in history. One of the Pshatim that the Mephorshim point out is that we'll talk about this in a few minutes that Gedaliah was killed either on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. The second day of Rosh Hashanah, on the third day of Rosh Hashanah, or, or today, same Gedaliah. Either way, says the Marsha, means Yishmael didn't have a very productive Rosh Hashanah. Who comes out of Rosh Hashanah and the first thing he does, he goes and murders someone. If he does it on Rosh Hashanah, it's for sure a Pella. And if he does it on same Gedaliah, it's even a bigger Pella. Most of us come out of Rosh Hashanah, we're trying to be on the best of our behavior, our best, you know, we want to be the best we can be. We want to, we say extra slichas and we have extra chumras. We don't go around murdering people. So obviously this fellow did not have a very productive, he didn't have in here, he didn't have the uplifting Rosh Hashanah with Bali Tfila and Tkiyas, right? He wasn't moved. If his whole Rosh Hashanah was based thinking to himself, okay, how am I going to get a chance to kill Gedaliah? How am I going to kill Gedaliah? Something was very flawed with his Rosh Hashanah. So that's one lesson to think about how we could walk away from Rosh Hashanah and either kill on Rosh Hashanah or kill after Rosh Hashanah. But the Mepharshim, the Pnei Yeshua, the Machreinim talk a lot about this story because this was a Jew-on-Jew crime. Now, many tzaddikim nebuch over the years in Jewish history have died under the hands of anti-Semitism. That we know of, sadly and unfortunately. We spoke about Dasurgi Malchus on Tishva, we talk about it again in Kippur. There's no shortages of Jews, Rabbanim, great tzaddikim, that were murdered by Goyim. But here you have a Jew who was murdered by another Jew. It's a much more difficult story. Perhaps more heart-wrenching to imagine one Jew killing another Jew. And on the timing of this... We're talking about Mamish either on Rosh Hashanah or right after Rosh Hashanah. It's just, it's almost, it's hard to believe it, to imagine since the story ever happened. But nonetheless, this is what we're commemorating, the fast of Gedaliah. There's a fascinating Machloikish Rishonim, which has significant, significant as well. When exactly did Gedaliah die? What day? So if you look in the Rishonim, there's three opinions. Either Aleph, first day, first day Rosh Hashanah, maybe the second day of Rosh Hashanah, or today, the third day. Either Aleph, Beis, or Gimel. Either one of these three days. Many of the Beis Yosef quotes are Aben Yerucham. Aben Yerucham writes that Gedaliah was killed on Rosh Hashanah. 
Now, he doesn't say which day of Rosh Hashanah. Was it one day? Was it two days? That year, how many days were there? Very vague. So we don't know exactly. So if you look at the Mepharshim, they give it three possibilities. Either Aleph, Tishrei, Beis Tishrei, or like the Rambam writes. The Rambam seems to imply that he was killed today on Gimel Tishrei Kipshuta. Now, they quote, the, the Turi Evan quotes Yushalmi. He says that Yushalmi sounds like he was killed on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah. The problem is, again, I'd be sure you have to tell me if I'm right. I'm not an expert on Yushalmi, but I think Yushalmi says he was killed on the third day of Tishrei, not on the first two days. The Turi Evan says, the Yushalmi says he was killed on, the, on Rosh Hashanah. But if you look in the actual Yushalmi, you'll see that's not the case. In the Yushalmi, it seems to be Mavoy, like the Rambam, that he died on today on Gimel. But Rabbi Yerucham says he died on Rosh Hashanah. He was killed on Rosh Hashanah. So what difference does it make? So we have a halacha that comes up a lot. Um, came up two years ago when Tishba fell out on Shabbos. So we had what was called a nitche. So we have a halacha that when Tishba is a nitche, or Shabbos Betamuz is a nitche, the halacha is that there's certain coolers, there's leniencies on the fast day because it's a nitche. The Ber Halacha quotes from Rebbe Kiveger. Rebbe Kiveger says one of those leniencies if someone who's not feeling well. Someone who's a little bit under the weather, they're not feeling perfect. So if it would be a regular fast day, they'd have to push through and fast. But if it would be a tiny nitche, they could be mako. Where does that come from? That really comes from a rajba. The rajba talks about a case where there was a bris milah. Someone made a bris milah on a tishbav shenitche. So the rajba writes, when you make a bris milah on a tishbav shenitche, the father does not fast the whole day. The father, not the moil, they only fast half a day. So Kivayga says, you see from there, that whenever you have a tiny nitche, there's certain leniencies built in. So the Taz, by us in Shulchan Aruch, in Hilchas Saim Gedai, he discusses, is Saim Gedai considered a Nitche? If you hold that Gedai was really killed on either Aleph or Beis, and we have to make the fast day on Gimel because we don't want to fast on Rosh Hashanah, then Claire the Taz Shaila, maybe we look at Saim Gedai as a Nitche. So if Saim Gedai is a Nitche, if a person would be feeling weak today, abnormally weak on a fast day, maybe be allowed to break the fast. Or let's say someone would make a bris today. Would the father be allowed to break his fast after Mincha? So the Taz has a back and forth about this. So this shayla is only relevant if you hold like Rebbein Yerucham. If you hold like Rebbein Yerucham that he was killed either on Aleph or Beis. So really, Tzayim Gedai should be Aleph or Beis. But we can't do it, so we pushed it to Gimel. So we can talk, maybe today's a Nidcha. But if you hold like the Rambam, that, uh, that Gedai was killed today on Gimel Tishrei, then it's not a discussion. Tzayim Gedai is not a Nidcha. But the Taz comes up with a different Cheshman. The Taz says, it's not like, even if you hold like Rebbein Yerucham, that Gedai was killed on either Aleph or Beis, it's still not a Nitzche. Why? Because what does a Nitzche mean? A Nitzche means that the fast day fell out on a day and we pushed it off. But if Tzayim Gedai was Shteldavek, was established to be on Gimel Tishrei, it's no longer a Nitzche. It might have been their impetus for why they made it Gimel Tishrei was because it was a Nitzche. But it's not a Nitzche. Nitzche means the day is supposed to be one day we push it off. But if every year it falls out this way, argues the Taz, that no longer has a din of a Nitzche. The Ber Halacha brings a Rai from a Ritva, that Ritva holds that Tzayim Gedaya does not have a din of a nitche. And that's the way I would assume Ruba de Ruba of the Echorin and Paskin, that we don't give too much leniencies for Tzayim Gedaya. I did see the Matefraim. He sounds like if a person's having a hard time fasting and they need like a sniffle huckle. Let's say you have, uh, you have a lady who's, um, you know, she doesn't have the best reason not to fast. But you put it together with a bunch of other things, plus the fact that it's also uh, Tzayim Gedaya, maybe you can make an argument to why she shouldn't have to fast. But, you know, straight up, just because the same Gedaya might be a Nidcha, that is not accepted by, by most Achorinim. It's an interesting Shaila that Rabbi uh, Shalom deals with. We paskin, based on the Gemara Mesachim, we paskin that you have up till Tuesday to make Abdullah for Shabbos. How much time do you have to make up Abdullah for Yom Tif? 
So the Mishnah quotes Reb Kiveger. Kiveger says you have one day. One day from after Yom Tov to make it up. Someone got called me one year. They went away for Pesach. They went out west. And they were leaving Mamish Matzei Pesach. They packed up everything because they were taking their first flight out, the red eye, whatever it was. And they mamish forgot to make Avdallah. They were such a rush to get the kids, the suitcases out, to catch the plane, they forgot to make Avdallah. So the guy called me the next day, it was Matzei Pesach, right after Pesach. He told me, can I make Avdallah? He was, I forgot to make Avdallah. So we passed in Pashtas like the Mishnah Bru, like the Kivager, that you have one day. One day means up to Shkia, the day after Yom Tov. So let's say, for example, Yom Tov was over last night, so already it's now too late to make Avdallah. If a person forgot to make Avdallah last night, it's too late. This guy got a cold and was ready after Tzitzit Chavim the next night. He must have came back and settled in and then he realized, I forgot to make Abdullah. So, too late. But the Psalm talks about a fascinating Shaila. What happens this year? Every year, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah last night, I'm hoping everyone made Abdullah. What happens if a guy forgot to make Abdullah last night? So, one of the Chuvah Swarm that I saw the Shaila addressed was a guy that was a doctor. I guess he, he had to work the night shift after Rosh Hashanah, so I guess he left straight from the hospital to, to you know, he, he went straight to the hospital after the evening. He forgot to make Avdol. He woke up some good morning, he didn't make Avdol. But now he got a problem. It's a fast day today. How did he drink the wine? So what do you tell me? You'll wait till tonight. You can't wait till tonight. It's too late. Because once it's Pashkia, you can't make Avdol anymore. So how do you make up Avdol tonight? So Abshamizam came up with the Psach. It's quoted in the Shemir Shabbos Kolchasai. There we quote Shem Shemizamah. Shemizamah suggested you make regular Abdullah Tzayim Gedalia and give it to a kid to drink. Give it to a kid to drink. As they pass in Shem Shemizamah. Moshe Shemach does not like this. Moshe Shemach and his Chelik Beis and Shuvah Svanogas is not a fan of this. And he starts over the whole list of reasons why he's not a fan of this. He says, first of all, I don't like this thing of giving things to kids to drink. It's bad chinuch, it's bad educating. We only do this when there's no other choice and there's no other option. But we try not to give kids things to drink. <laughs> then he says, it's not even so posh that we pass like this. It's very possible that there is no makeup for Avdol. So therefore, Moshe Shemach says, Don't do anything. If you missed it, you missed it. End of story. I think most of the Achreinim do not go like a Moshe Shtemach. Most of the Achreinim assume like Ibshleim Azam and Orbach that you should make the Havdalah and you got to figure out a way to get someone to drink the wine. Ibshmul Vazna suggested go to find someone who's not fasting. Right? Today a lot of people aren't fasting. Men, some women, uh, women, some men. Find someone who's not fasting and let them drink. Forget a cotton. Get an adult to drink. He thought that was a better suggestion. Then I saw one save with that came over a suggestion which I thought was unbelievable. Again, it only works, it works a lot better in Eretz Yisrael. He suggested maybe you should make Havdal like two minutes before the Shkia and then just wait 20 minutes and, and drink the wine after 20 minutes. I, I, that sounds so funny to me. What type, what type of game is this? He told me it's a Shtika. Nah, I didn't talk. That's a half stick. 20 minute break is a half stick. I don't know. To me that sounds very far-fetched. Such a strange option I don't think makes too much sense. But there's an interesting Shiloh that Chirayim talk about. The I think, is one of the first to address the Shiloh. Is what happens if you have a person who the doctor tells him you can only fast either Tzayim Gedalia Yom Kippur. You can't do both. If you fast today, you can't fast next week. Which one does he pick? Can only do one. Got it. Can only do one. So right now he comes Tzayim Gedalia. The guy's healthy as can be. Baruch Hashem, he's he's strong. But the doctor says if you fast today, it's going to take a toll on your body. You won't be able to fast next week. Which one does he pick? So the Stechemet deals with this Shaila. He addresses this question. As does the Eishel Avram, the Bichachirov. And believe it or not, the Bichachirov Paskins, you know what you do? You fast on Gedalia, and you'll be in Oynes on Yom Kippur. How's that get Paskins, the Eishel Avram? You work with what you have in front of you. If right now comes on Gedalia, and right now I'm able to fast, so I fast. I, next week I'll be sick, so next week I'll be a Chayla, I'll be Potter. 
is leaning in that direction. Some Achreinim want to taina that it should be totally in a famous machloikas between the Radvaz and the Chacham Tzvi. The Radvaz has a Shiloh where he talks about a case where a guy is in jail and they tell him you can come out one Tefillah. One Tefillah you can come out of Davin. Which Tefillah should he come out for? Should he come out for the Mincha on a Jan, in the middle of Cheshvin? Or should he wait to come out for a big one? I don't know, Shabbos, you know, whatever, Pasha Zachar, uh, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, something big. Or do you take the first one that comes down the, down the road? So the, 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 um, the Radvaz Paskins, the first field that comes up. So if the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the officer in the jail says, in the middle of January, you know, middle of, uh, middle of Tavis, he says, you can come out for one prayer, prick the prayer, the guy has to take the first mincha that comes. And you're talking about like mincha in the winter, like four o'clock, where there's like 10 people at the shul, that's the mincha he goes to. The first time you can get out, you got to grab it. So Chacham Tzvi says, absolutely not. Chacham Tzvi says he has rice from Gemaris. doesn't work that way. You got to work with the most, the most, the best one. The most mohudadik tefillah, whether it be, whether it be Pasha Zacha, or whether it be Rosh Hashanah, Weekend, Hashayfa, whatever it is, you don't just take the first one that comes. So some achreinim want to and maybe this is the same shayla here also. Right? Because according to the Radvaz, I have to work with what I have in front of me. If I'm able and healthy now, I got to eat, I got to fast now. What will be tomorrow? I'll worry about uh, tomorrow. Mashenkin, if you hold like the Chacham Tzvi, according to the Chacham Tzvi, you have to take everything into consideration. So if I have to consider what's going to be next week, I have to consider what's going to be next week also. The Maisa, the consensus of the Achreinim is not like the Eishel Avram. The consensus of the Achreinim is if a guy knows they can't fast both Tzayim Gedaliah and Yom Kippur, he should not fast Tzayim Gedaliah, he should fast Yom Kippur. That's the consensus of the Achreinim. But Chaim Kinevsky writes like this. Many, many Achreinim write like this. But it's interesting because Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky has a twist on this whole Shaila. Rabbi Yaakov says if a guy can't fast today and next week, He's already a chayla now. By definition, says Abiyanki, if a guy can't fast twice in one week, there's something wrong with him. Healthy people should be able to fast twice in one week. So even though, even though Grad, I, was, I heard a shayla about a guy who's not sick, but it had to do with his blood levels, not, not like Be'etzim he's sick, just his blood gets affected, I guess that means he's sick also, if his blood can't handle it. Now there's a shtickle riot to this. Because, well, a shtickle riot the opposite. We talked about this before Tishabov. Do we shine him a bother with a kasha? That Shilasa Betamuz is incorrect. The Psukim and the Novi say that when was the wall broken? So it says it was on the ninth day of Tammuz. So why do we fast Shilasa Betamuz? So the Gemara answers, one was by Yisrish and one was by Yisrish. So for we shine him, so we should fast twice. We should have a fast day on Shilasa Betamuz and we should have a fast day on the ninth day of Tammuz. Why don't we fast twice? So all the Rishonim write because you can't fast that much. You can't ask the people to do so much because Baruch is demanding that of us now. We're doing Shavas, we're doing Tzayim Gedai, and then we're turning around and doing Yom Kippur. So the simple answer is, yeah, one's a Deirai, Sakash Baruch Hu said Yom Kippur, we can't argue with him. But the assumption is, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, if a person is taka healthy, he should be able to fast both, and if he can't fast both, Mr. is not so healthy, and therefore, Rav, Rav Achrein and Paskin, that if a person has a choice for either Tzayim Gedai or Yom Kippur, he should forgo the Tzayim Gedai, so he should be able to fast Yom Kippur. You can add to that, if you hold Tzayim Gedai as a Nidche, and if you hold like that side in the Taz, that every time G'day is a Nitcha, it's a Pella, that that should beat out Yom Kippur. It's a very strange thing. But Lamaisa, again, if it's Negei to anyone, we Paskin, that you should push off fast, let him eat on some G'day. This way, he'll have Kaychas to fast on Yom Kippur. <clears throat> There's a, uh, we've noticed already, I'm sure everyone already noticed that in the davening, we've had some changes to the, to the davening, some significant changes to the davening, and some of them, we have to know where they come from. So we'll go with the hierarchy of the changes in the davening. So the two changes that come from the Gemara, 
Only two of the many changes in our Seder Atfila come from the actual Gemara, and that's Hamelech HaKadosh and Hamelech HaMishpat. If you look in the Gemara in Brachas, the Gemara in Brachas brings down that you're supposed to say Hamelech HaKadosh and Hamelech HaMishpat. What's interesting, the Gemara doesn't say, and what happens if you don't? Is it so strong that it even passes the davening? Does it make the tefillah invalid? Or is it just, you know, it would be nice if during these days we'd say HaMelech HaKadosh and HaMelech HaMishpat, but it doesn't invalidate the tefillah. That's a big Machlaikish Rishonim. Rav Rishonim, the Rosh, the Rambam, the Rif, and that's the way it's Paskins and Shulchan Aruch, that if you forget to say HaMelech HaKadosh or HaMelech HaMishpat, <coughs> you have to repeat the Shman Esri. It's so important. If you don't do it, it invalidates the Shman Esri. There's a Shittas Rav Yoh. Not just, there's a couple of Rishonim, the Rav Yoh and some others who hold no. The Shman Esri is still 100% kosher, even if you didn't say HaMelech HaKadosh. Now, we don't pass them that way. We pass them like the Shulchan Aruch. But we'll see Chacham Uvajah, or Vajah in his style of learning, he's going to use this Rav Yoh to come up with a, a Kula. But we pass like it says in Shulchan Aruch, that if you forget to say HaMelech HaKadosh, you have to go back. So let's just go through very quickly some of these scenarios that are very common with HaMelech HaKadosh during this time of the year. So first of all, we paskin that once you blew through HaMelech HaKadosh, you said HaKel HaKadosh, and you started the next bracha, now you have to go back. Go back to where? So we paskin that the first three brachas of Shemana are all one entity. So you can't just go back to the last bracha and start off after HaKadosh, Shem HaKadosh. You got to go back to the beginning of the Shemana because the first three brachas of Shemana Esri are one entity, first Shalish brachas. So if you missed it, you got to go way back to the beginning of the Shemana Esri. So if let's say you remember in the middle of Shema Kelele, you remember you didn't say Amalek HaKadosh, you got to go all the way back to the beginning of the Shema Nesra. It's like a paskin in Shulchan Aruch. Let's say you're Mesupik, not sure if you said Amalek HaKadosh. So the assumption is you probably didn't say it, because since you're not used to saying Amalek HaKadosh, you're used to saying Amalek HaKadosh, you probably did what you're normally used to, and you did not say it. This is a very big perk for davening inside the city. If you're following along in the city, you don't have these shilas. You're reading along, you're doing what you're supposed to. Maybe that's why they instituted these things so people will dive it inside during Yashash Meshuvah. I don't know. But this is definitely a big perk for following along. This way you know you dive in the proper way. So if a person forgot HaMelech HaKadosh, or if he forgot HaMelech HaKadosh, he has to repeat the Shman Esri. Once he starts, to, so let's say he remembers Teich Kidei Dibur. He says, So whatever Teich Kidei Dibur is, very few seconds, that's good enough. He can fix the Teich Kidei Dibur. What about HaMelech HaMishpat? So this is the Machloik is Mechab and Rambam. The Mechab Paskins, if you didn't say HaMelech HaMishpat, you have to go back to that bracha of Ashiva. We Ashkenazim hold, as long as you said the word Melech in that line, we say Melech Oyev Tztok Mishpat. So as long as you insert the word Melech in that phrase, you don't have to go back. That's the way we Ashkenazim Paskin. But there is an interesting shayla. What about a Baltfila? What about a Baltfila who's davening for the Yomit? And he forgot HaMelech HaKadosh. He said HaKel HaKadosh and he already started at the Chaynin. And someone in the back of the show wakes up and says, Ah, HaMelech HaKadosh. What does he do? So the pastus would be is that he goes back to the beginning of the Shemana Esri. He starts from the beginning. He says Kedusha one more time. He goes like a regular Chazor Shashat from the beginning. That's the way Rav HaKarein and Paskin. That's the way the Matah Ephraim Paskin. That's the way they share Tshuva Paskin. That's the consensus of the daily HaKarein. Comes along Rebbe Vad Yosef in his Tshuva and Yabi Oimer. Chelek Aleph, I believe, Sinan Ches. disagrees. Ravaji says, no, since you said Kedusha, it's good enough to go back to Atta Kodesh. And he goes through a whole raya, he has a raya from a Me'iri with a Yushalmi, he makes a whole sugya out of it. And then he does something he does very often in his safe. he says, and if all these Paiskim would have seen this Me'iri, they all would have been on my side. That's a classical Ravaji angle, he does this a lot. That if all these people would have seen the Yushalmi that we have now, the Me'iri was not available for many, many years. So, if all these Paiskim would have known this Me'iri, they all would have changed their tune. 
I'm not so sure. I don't know. Maybe. But that's what Ravadji writes. And then on top of it, he makes a shtikotari out of it. He says, it's a svek sveika. What's the svek sveika? He says, first of all, who said the Shemayin Esra is no good if he said a kalakadish? He says, you have the Rav Yoh to be Seymichan. The Rav Yoh held, you don't need to go back if you say a melech So Ravadji makes a whole uh, chant out of it, and he paskins that you do not have to go, if a baltfila forgot a melech he goes back to Atakadish. Now, in the Abi Oimer, in, in many of Rebbe Vajas Swarm, he writes, and I had a back and forth with Rebbe Shem Zaman Orbach about this. Rebbe Shem Zaman Orbach didn't agree with me, and I think he's wrong. That's what he writes in the Tshuva. So this was a, a, a point of a disagreement between Rebbe Shem and Rebbe Vajas. But again, Rebbe Vajas is the minority opinion. Mechilas Kvoida, he's the minority opinion. It's before she, many, many Achreim disagree with him. But that was Rebbe Vajas' opinion. So I guess it's Nageya. If you're in the Sfadish Shul, you should know this. If the Baltfila forgot a Melch Hakadosh, he doesn't have to go back to the beginning of Shemaneser and start all again. Baruch Atah, the whole shebang. He just goes to Atah Kadosh. But if you're Ashkenazim and you follow, uh, not, I saw, I saw almost everyone does not agree to this. Uh, Rebbe Vajah, I saw Rebbe Yashiv and Rebbe Shemazalman, all the Litvisha Gedolim that we're familiar with, they do not to agree with this ruling of of Chacham Ovadia. Then we have other additions in the davening in the Shemaneser itself. We have additions. We have. In the first bracha we have additions, and we have later on we have additions. Michamaycha, Uksoy, Zachreinu, Besefer. Where do those additions come from? So those additions are from the Goinim, the Goinic era, which is after the Zman HaGemar, before the Zman HaRishayim. It has significance, but it's not as the same taikif. It doesn't have the same power, something which comes from the Gemara, which is why they're not, they don't invalidate the Shman Esri. If you forgot any one of those additions, you don't have to repeat the Shman Esri. The problem is when those additions were made into the first Baruch of Shemaneser, there was a big tumult. We know you're not allowed to add things into the first Baruch of Shemaneser. So how did they have the right to add Zachreinu, these additions into the Shemaneser? So the Archashokhan discusses this and he suggests that if it's L'Tzarech HaTzibor, you're not asking for a personal request, you're asking for all of us on behalf of Klai Yisrael. So since it's a communal, it's, uh, it's okay to add into even in the first Baruch of Shemaneser. Then we have in, the, in Kaddish, we have another change. That change is also not from the Gemara. The, to the earliest I could find the Makar of this change was the Lavush. The Lavush quotes that we say in the Kaddish, we say, Le'ela, Le'ela. What are we trying to say? Le'ela means we're trying to say how great Hashem is, how amazing He is. So we say, Le'ela, Le'ela. Now if you look carefully, in most of the Achreinim, they bring down not to say, Le'ela, Uli'ela. They bring down to say, Le'ela, Le'ela. Zahu. If you take a look in Matafrayim, if you look in the Lavush, you look in the Aruch HaShochon, the Kitzah Shochanach, they all bring it down, Le'ela, Le'ela. So where did Le'ela, Uli, Ela come from? So the Mishnah Baruch quotes it that way. To add the Vav, as does the, the Shochan Aruch HaRav. But the majority of the, of the Paiskim who bring down this meaning, they just have it Le'ela, Le'ela, not Le'ela, Uli, Ela. I saw Rebbe Yashe was very but he thought it should be Le'ela, Le'ela. And Rebbe Kinevsky, his son-in-law held it Le'ela, Uli, Ela. Like the Mishnah Baruch. But again, today our school is very politically correct. They put the Vav in parentheses. So you do what you want with it. They're leaving it up to you to decide. Because since it's a big machoik, do you say Le'ela, Le'ela, or Le'ela, Uli'ela? Because again, the majority of the people say without the Vav. The majority of the Paiskim, the Lavosh, the Matafrayim, Kitzur Shachanar, Archa Shochan, the majority of the Achreim don't have the Vav. Mr. Buru is the only one. And the Shochanar Harav, he brings in the Vav with the Le'ela, Uli'ela. Okay, so... Today, I think everyone does whatever they do. Matt Ephraim points out that, that now that we added a word, we got to take away a word. Because we want to have, to have, have 28 words, starting from Yehoshim, Rabbah, Barach, so we got to take out a word. So that's how, how do we take out a word? So instead of, uh, what? Yeah, because. 
We to be caught. We gotta play around with the words because we need to have 28 words. Another thing the Matafrain brings down is the addition of the Hashaloim. Why do we want to have Hashaloim? So he writes, it's a gematria for the, uh, the Malach that's in charge of life. I can't tell you I know what all this stuff really means. And therefore he writes, that's why some people have a practice to say Hashaloim. But again, not everyone has the practice to say Hashaloim. Some do and some don't. We ran out of time. We always uh, try to discuss Paspalter, but uh, that will have to get to a different time. And then the other thing that we have to talk about is the recitation of Shera Malis. Uh, common practice in many shuls is to say after, before, after Yishtabach, before Kaddish, to say Sheremalis, and that was met with some controversy, some pushback. Why exactly is that uh, accepted in some shuls, and why other shuls do other things to bypass that problem? Maybe Mitzvah Thursday night, we'll, uh, we'll try to talk about that, uh, that issue.